to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I love the fellowship. I'm thankful for that. I think you guys don't want to stop talking because you can feel so much love in this place. Amen. But we're going to get to the word of the Lord because I believe that God wants to release himself in this place in a powerful way. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 21. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Let me hear you say new creature. Yeah, a new creature. You become a new creation in God. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them. Not holding their trespasses or their sins against them. Uh. He has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. He's saying, God was in Christ reconciling or bringing back together what was lost. Restoring what was lost. And now he puts that word in you. God reconciles you to him so you can reconcile somebody else to him. Now that we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin, talking about Jesus Christ, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we could become the righteousness of God. Oh, I feel God in this place. Jesus, who knew no sin, but dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, took on sin for us so that we could be made righteous. Wow. Oh, I just feel to preach. Let's let's lift our hands. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to we're going to get into this. I believe that God is going to fill anyone in this place that wants the gift of the Holy Ghost. You will be filled in the name of Jesus. Let's pray right now, Lord, by the authority of the Word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus. I come against every spirit of doubt, every spirit of fear, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of religious tradition that would try to hinder the moving in the power of the authority of the name of Jesus. God, I lose your faith. I lose your authority. I lose your love. I lose the peace of God in this place. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that before this day is finished, that every empty vessel would be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance in the name of Jesus. If you believe God is in this place, clap your hands, shout, give God a glorious shout of victory shout unto God his presence is in this place I'm telling you the angels of the Lord are in this place the anointing of God is in this place you can feel it ah Jesus name 
I want to preach to you about the witness of Jesus Christ. The witness of Jesus Christ. You can be seated. My God. The witness of Jesus Christ. In order for us to understand who Jesus Christ is or how we can receive Jesus into our hearts, we first must understand who he is, where he came from, and what exactly he represents. We've got to understand who God is and what he's released into this world so you can have an intimate, personal relationship with him. Because even though you didn't physically see Jesus with your own eyes, you can experience Jesus with your heart, your mind, and your spirit still today. Because there still is a witness of Jesus Christ that is still happening today. There is still a witness saying, yes, I am his spirit that bears witness in this earth even today. A lot of people get very confused of who is God and who is Jesus and who is the spirit. But I help you out. You got to go back to the beginning and understand who exactly God is. The Bible says that God is a spirit. The Bible says that God is omnipresent. He fills all space, all time, all time and space is within him. He fills all eternity. All eternity is within him. He fills everything. He's invisible. But he's omnipresent. He's also omniscient. He knows all things. He's also omnipotent. He's all-powerful. We know he's all-powerful because it was the Spirit of the Lord that said, let there be light, and there was light. He, he spoke to the waters, and then he said, you can only go this far. He, he spoke and divided the heavens and the firmaments because we know that he's all-powerful. But you see, he is an eternal spirit he is an infinite god you cannot you cannot measure him by the things that we measure with because we are finite and the only things that we can truly understand all consist within time but god is outside of time because he's eternal and when you study the scriptures you'll see that the jews the people the foundation of all of this believed in one true god they said that he is the one true god and their their shema or the the thing that they literally everything was based off the foundation of what they believed was here oh israel the lord our god is one lord and that's the verse that they put on their doorpost it's the verse they put on their arm on their forehead in a little box because that was the shema that represented the name that's who they serve he was one undeniably one god all the other nations around worshipped many gods. They had a sun god. They had the cow god. They had the moon god. They had all these different gods. But God separated himself from the rest of the world saying, I am God. And there is none beside me. He said, there's none before me. There'll be none after me. He said, I'm the beginning and I'm the end. He's he said, I'm the Alpha and I'm the Omega. He's saying, you can't divide me up. You can't split me up. I am God. Oh, I feel faith. Father, I pray the gift of faith would operate in this place in the name of Jesus. You can't divide God. And so you've got to understand what happened in the Old Testament. What was the Old Testament? That was, of course, the start of God's word to us. And when you look at the Old Testament, you see how God starts off very, very big. He's almighty. 
He's big. He's grand. He's supreme. But through the Old Testament, you go from Genesis, you go all the way to Malachi, the entire Old Testament, you begin to see how God revealed who he was slowly. He began to reveal his character. He began to reveal who he was and what he could do, his attributes. But when Abraham was the first one to really come in, well, Adam and Eve, but when God started this whole thing again with Abraham, he only knew God as the Almighty. He's a grand supreme God, but he didn't really understand God to the level that Moses understood God. And Moses understood him to a certain degree. Then David started understanding more too. Because God, through the scriptures, was revealing who he was. So you see how in the beginning he was known as Jehovah or he was known as uh, God Almighty known as Adonai, then he started to be known as, in the book of Exodus, when Moses was talking to him in the burning bush, he said, who are you? He said, I am that I am. And that was a powerful revelation up to that point because that was one of the first times we really saw God saying, I am the self-existent one. I exist. I am God and I just exist. I keep all this stuff together. I got all this stuff inside of me. I I am God and I am the self-existent one. So they began to say the word Yahweh, and they didn't even want to say the word because it was looked at as sacred or holy. It, it was uh, YVWH, or I, I'm messing it up, but it was that's what it was. It was four consonants. But they didn't even want to say the name because it was so sacred. It was the name of God. But we know that even that wasn't the completeness of his name because self existent one isn't really a name, that's just saying who you are. Saying that you just exist, you, all this is in you, and you're in all that you you feel everything. But over time, God began to reveal Himself as the self-existent One. How He would have experiences with man, how He would respond to man, and how man would follow Him, and man would learn more and more about God. He began to realize that Jehovah Yahweh, He was saying to Moses. I'm the self-existent one, and I'm going to deliver my people from Egypt. Then he started showing them as they left Egypt, I'm Jehovah, your provider. He started showing you when they went to battle and the nation started fighting against them. He showed them that he was Jehovah, their victory or their banner. See, through experiences, God was showing who he really was. Mm. He showed them I'm Jehovah who sanctifies you or who purifies you. I'm Jehovah Shalom, meaning you're God of peace. I'm Jehovah Saboth, the Almighty, the Almighty or the Lord of hosts. I'm Jehovah Elion, the Most High. I'm Jehovah Ra, your shepherd. So through time, God was revealing who he was to the people. Showing them the fullness of what he had to offer, his attributes, his character. And the more he was revealed, the more they understood. 
the witness of Jesus Christ. In order to understand who Jesus was, you had to understand who God was. God is an infinite, invisible spirit. You can't see God. Moses said that in the book of Exodus. No man has seen God at any time. So how are we going to see him? How can we know him? Because you see, there had to be a situation. There had to be a channel. There had to be a connection point from heaven to earth. There had to be a way to bring heaven into earth and for earth, the finite, to fellowship with God, the infinite. There had to be a way for man to feel, to hear, to know, to see God in the finite when he's infinite. There was only one way. The infinite had to put on finite. The infinite had to put flesh on. It had to be robed in flesh. You see, what's so powerful when you begin to understand this is it's not God saying to some separate son, you go take care of business. But it's God saying, because I've loved you with an everlasting love, I will bring myself down into humanity, down into the earth, and I will lay myself down. You feel that? That's God's love, the witness of God's love saying, I came down. I It was God himself that said, I see you. You have been beautifully and wonderfully made. I made you with an everlasting love and to show you how much I love you. I'm going to bring myself. I'm going to bring myself down into humanity. And I'm going to put on flesh. And I'm going to die for your sins in my flesh, in my humanity. And I will pick myself back up and prove that I'm God. I don't know. We, you see, we go to the doctor because they've been immer- immersed in medicine. <laughs> we go to a lawyer because he's been immersed in understanding the law. We go to the real estate agent because they've been immersed in doing business with the housing market. But the one who created all things, the one that said, I am Jehovah, your healer. I am Jehovah, your provider. I am Jehovah, your shalom, your peace. I am Jehovah. God was saying, I've immersed myself. I've immersed myself in this earth with everything you've touched. That's why the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he was a high priest that could be touched with our infirmities and our weaknesses. He was a high priest that brought himself into earth. He was the high priest, the one that was running the whole thing, and he was the lamb slain. How could he be both? Because he was God. And in both the different roles, he could do both different things. He could be the lamb, or he could also be the high priest. He could be the root of Jesse and the offspring of Jesse. Because he's God. You got to understand how powerful it is. What this book is really saying. The Jews, the Israelites were the only ones that believed in one God. 
Every other nation believed in multiple gods. It separated them from everyone else because he was saying, I am undeniably one. He said, I will not share my glory with another. He said, there is none beside me nor none coming after me. He said that I am God. So when you understand who God was, the infinite invisible spirit who created everything and had a relationship with man, had a relationship between us and him. But when Adam and Eve fell, sin entered into the world. When sin entered into the world, now there had to be a substitute. There had to be a sacrifice. There ha- something had to die because God's word said, if you eat of the tree, you shall die. So what happened? God had a plan. God had a plan to bring back and reconcile unto himself, to restore what was lost, to take what was broken, to take the breach that was made between God and man and restore it. But he had to have a substitute. He had to have something that was without spot or blemish, something that had no sin, something that knew no sin. And an animal wasn't good enough. It was only good enough for the temporary sacrifice, but there had to be a substitute sacrifice that could stand in the place that could say, you know what? Man deserves penalty, but there's going to be a man that's going to step in and take the penalty. Don't be telling me, oh, all religions are the same. Uh Uh-uh. That's not even close to the truth. You go show me another God that said, I love mankind that I made so much that I will bring myself down into humanity. I will let the creation that I made to beat me, to crush me, to put nails in my hands. Show me one other religion that ever promised that their God would come and live inside of you. Show me any other religion that said, I will come and I will dwell in you and you will be my people and I will be your God. It doesn't exist because there was something unique about Jesus. He walked the earth. He went through everything we went through. He was bruised. He was beaten, but he, he, he also had to sleep. He had to eat. He proved he was fully man and fully God. How did we know he was fully man? Because he did things that we do. The Bible says he ate, he slept, he got tired on his journey. God doesn't get tired. But if you understand that that there is a deity and there's a humanity, that they were mixed together, you begin to understand, wow, that's powerful. Because remember, the Bible says that Mary was, oh, Jesus We believe there was a supernatural conception where Jesus came into the picture. Do we not? So Mary was the mother and she was the humanity. But who was the father? That's the deity. Boom. You see, you see flesh and you see him and you see deity and you see, you see the mixed, you see God manifested in flesh. You see, God is always looking for somebody that he can get glory from. Meaning, he's always looking for somebody that's going to let his name rest upon them so that they can see the supernatural work of his spirit and his everlasting love flowing through them. So in God's word, he has always used humanity. He's always used 
flesh to accomplish his purposes and his desires. God is one. How is that possible? Because the infinite God who fills all time and space and eternity and all that's inside of him because he's an invisible spirit. He's omnipresent. You can't go anywhere. He's not. Then where is there room for a second God? Where is there room for a third one? If he fills all and all filled in him, where is there room? That's, you see, that's the revelation is that you don't divide him up. He just in the infinite said, let me step into the finite and show them who I am and what my name is and what my power is, my character, my authority. <laughs> Talking about the witness of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, 14 through 15, it says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. How? The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the engraving. He is the only God we will ever see is Jesus Christ, God manifested to the world. He is the image of the invisible God. How did God who's invisible become visible through Jesus Christ? Oh, I hope you're with me. They see when you begin to understand that God did not divide himself into three different persons or three different things, persons, substances, but that he was just three modes of operation to fulfill his plan. Watch. The invisible God said, let there be light, and there was light, and the light came into being. That was the Father. What do fathers do? They create. Fathers create. So you saw him operating in the role as Father when he said, let there be light. But then there had to be a substitute. There had to be somebody to redeem the people. That's where son comes in. Son is just the operation or the manifestation of God as substitute. God as redeemer. But then he said, I'm leaving and I got to go up to heaven. I'm leaving. Oh, I feel God. He said, I I'm leaving. So then we have God. The we have the Holy Ghost, which is just God in operation, manifesting his presence, his power. That's just God pouring out his spirit because Jesus did the work that was on the cross. So you can be filled with his spirit. You see, now I'm not, you got to understand. Oh, I'm saying there's a father, there's a son, and there's a Holy Ghost. But you got to understand that they are one. And his name is Jesus. He started in the beginning as father. He released himself. He said, I'm a son, I come. And then the Holy Ghost is what you feel in this place. God is an invisible spirit. What you feel and sense is God in his spirit releasing himself. I wish you'd shout. I wish you'd clap your hands. I wish you'd rejoice for the authority of God that's in this place. Uh, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It was not God saying to Christ, I wish you'd take care of the business. It was God in Christ. That's why the book of Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, In Jesus Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is not a part of the bodily of the Godhead. The Godhead is in Jesus. 
in him dwelleth all. What does that mean? That means all of God's power, all of God's character, all of God's anointing, all of all that God is was in Jesus Christ. They were, the Jews were looking for the name. They were looking for the name that had authority over heaven and earth. They were looking for the name that said, let there be light. And there was light. They were looking for the name that is the access and the authority to all the things that God had. Uh, They were looking for the name. I want you to read, I want you to hear this. A scholar said this. This is so powerful. A scholar said this. At the dedication of the temple, Solomon acknowledged that God was omnipresent. He's everywhere. And that the temple could not contain him. Since God fills the universe and the universe is in him. So Solomon asked how the temple, a man-made structure, could contain God. Then he answered his own question by reminding himself of God's promises. My name is shall be there although God's omnipresence could not be confined to the temple yet the fullness of his character as represented by his name could dwell there oh I feel God oh how is God gonna how is his omnipresent spirit gonna have anything to do with me how is he his omnipresent spirit gonna be able to help every person because he's looking for a temple he's looking for a temple so he can put his name there where he can put his name upon you God is looking for where his name can dwell. And when his name dwells there, I'm talking about you've got his power. You say, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I need your help. In the name of Jesus, I need your peace. In the name of Jesus, I need your love. In the name of Jesus, I need your hope. Because now you've got access to the name because now the name dwells there. You see, the devil, the adversary, what he wants to do more than anything else is destroy the name. Because the name reveals that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. You see, the adversary wants to destroy the name. That's why when somebody gets mad and they stub their foot, they don't go, Buddha. Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. I have never in my life heard that. Now, if you have, maybe, maybe we got some people from the, from the east. Maybe they'd say that. I don't know. But I ain't never heard it. Ah, Vishnu, you Vishnu. Never heard it. But, yeah. ah, Bail, you dummy, Bail. No. When somebody, there's just been in the culture. When somebody hits their foot or they hit their, 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 their hand with a hammer, say, oh, Jesus Christ, why? Because the devil wants to destroy the only name that saves, for there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. His name is Jesus. He's the only one that has all power, has all authority. I wish you would dance. I wish you would shout. I feel the gift of faith in operation in this house. I said when you call upon the name, you're calling on Jehovah my provider. When you call on the name, you're saying Jehovah my peace. When you call upon the name, you're calling on Jesus my shepherd. There is no other name 
There is no other name. Ah, Shelabahata. My God, my God, you can feel because his name dwells here. His name dwells here. He has, he has made himself manifest in this place. Because when the people of the name come together, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. Let me help you. Let me help you. Sit down. Sit down for a second. You ever struggle and go, is this Bible really true? It was written by man. Is this book real? I mean, man wrote it and man is flawed. Well, let's think about this. If God manifested in flesh, Jesus Christ, the one true invisible God, the Bible says in uh, the book of 1 Timothy chapter 117, Paul said, now to the king eternal, talking about Jesus, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and amen. The eternal, invisible God. Hmm. Now, think about this. Your Bible, your Bible right here. I'm going to help you. We have from Genesis to Malachi. I don't remember how many years it was before Jesus showed up on the scene where Malachi was happening, that, that time frame, it might have been 400 years, 350 years, something like that. About 400. Now, now think about this. God manifested in flesh. Jesus Christ shows up to the temple and starts preaching out of the same book that you read. I said, God manifested in flesh. You see, the Jewish Old Testament is very similar to the book we have right now that has been translated a few times. What you need to understand is that the only major difference between the Jewish Bible that were, they were preaching from and believing back when Jesus was on earth, the biggest difference was that they didn't divide the books. For instance, Samuel is not first and second Samuel. Chronicles was not first and it was just one book. And there was 12 prophets that they just called the 12 prophets. They didn't have Daniel and Obadiah and all these things divided like we do. But when you get back to it, you actually see it's the same book. It's the same thing. My God. Now think about this. I want to help you real quick. God, manif God of the universe comes down into the earth, comes down into humanity and opens the book. Starts preaching from the very thing you read. Confirming and validating this word. The Old Testament was validated by the one true God. And you see, he actually quoted almost every book in the Old Testament. There's a few he didn't quote, but the apostles took care of it. Now, think about this. The Old Testament, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, touched with his own finger, preached from, believed, and studied. Then we got the Gospels. That's the uh, start of the New Testament according to our Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are all the witnesses of Jesus Christ, eyewitnesses. So they are literally writing exactly what happened in the time that Jesus was here. Now the same people that were eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ were the same people that wrote the letters to the churches. So the people that ate 
slept next to Jesus, walked with Jesus, walked on water with Jesus, were the ones that were divinely inspired to write the letters to the churches. The only one that was not physically with Jesus was Paul. And the Bible says that Paul had a supernatural encounter that all the apostles confirmed he is an apostle of God and God visited him. My God, you ever struggle with, oh, the, let me help you real quick. The book of Genesis all the, all the way to Revelation was literally touched by the hand of Jesus Christ, validating that this book is real. This book, oh, you're not getting it. This book is powerful. God himself has validated the Bible. I said God himself has validated this word. This word is living. This word is alive. That's why when you hear preaching, when you're reading it, your heart begins to burn with inside of you because you can feel the living God. Last time I checked, he's still not in the grave. Last time I checked, he rose again. Last time. Last time I checked, he's still living can't say that for all the other gods but jesus made himself known by coming to the earth letting his creation crucify him letting his own creation crucify him and then proving that he could have easily stopped them if he wanted to when he resurrected from the grave by the power of the spirit of god he raised himself up that tells us, I, I, I'm thankful for how far medicine has come. I'm thankful for all the technologies we've got. But there is still nobody that can raise anyone from the grave. There's only one that can raise people up. And his name is Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, if you're in this place... And you want to have an encounter with the one true Jesus Christ, you will have one today. You will find out that the one true God is still living. You're going to find out that the one true God still loves. The one true God still releases peace. The one You're about to find out if you will begin to let God move upon you. As we come to the end here and you take a step of faith. I'm not done yet, but I'm about to land this plane because I want you to have an encounter. I want you to witness Jesus Christ. Let's go to my God. Luke 24, verse 44. I'm going to read a few scriptures as I come to a close here, but keep your spirit open because God is going to pour out his spirit. Jesus name. There is nobody like Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 24, 44 says, and he said unto them, this is in Jesus's resurrected body. Hear me. Jesus had already risen from the grave. Eyewitnesses of Jesus raising from, rising from the grave listened to what he said and wrote what he said in his resurrected body. Watch this. He said unto them, this is Jesus talking. These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you. All the things must be fulfilled that were written in the law of Moses. He just confirmed the first five books of the Bible again. And the prophets confirmed many more. And the Psalms confirmed many more. Concerning me, 
Then he opened their understanding. He gave them revelation to the scriptures. He said unto them, Jesus in his resurrected body said unto them, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Why? Why did Jesus Christ die and rise again? He gives you the answer. That repentance and remissions of sins, that means forgiveness of sins, should be preached in my name. There is my name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And that's, and that's not the end of it. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Jesus, in his resurrected body, tells the apostles, you will be witnesses for my namesake. You will be a witness that I rose again from the grave. But the way you're going to be a witness is first. I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait in the upper room and I want you to tarry until the promise of the father falls. Ah, Jesus. Acts chapter one, verses six through nine says this. It's another account of the same situation. This is while they're still on the mountain. Jesus is about to resurrect to heaven. He's about to go to heaven in his resurrected body. Same situation, but a different eyewitness. He says this. Therefore, we come together. We ask him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus tells the apostles, you will be a witness because I'm going to give you a witness. You're going to be able to witness my resurrection because I'm going to release my witness upon you. The promise of the father. Oh, Jesus. He said, you're going to be a witness because you're going to be able to tell people that the resurrected Jesus Christ said that I can be filled with his spirit because his spirit couldn't come until he resurrected and left because he was God and he was the spirit and so the spirit couldn't come until he went up and once he went up he said I will fill you with my spirit so they went to the upper room in Acts chapter 2 go to Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 they're in the upper room. Ten days after Jesus has resurrected in his resurrected body and gone to heaven. And the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 1, I'm almost done. Ephesians chapter 1, hear this, hear this, hear this. This is so powerful. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, In whom also, in the, in the ESV version says, When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed it, 
God sealed you with the Holy Spirit of promise. In the, old, in, the, in the ancient times, a seal was, they didn't have signatures. They had seals. They were literally these rings that they put, drape around. It was on a cord and they drape it around their neck. And this seal was their signature or their emblem saying, I, I have now exercised my authority in this transaction. This is done. I have approved it. They, they put it on things that they bought to prove that it was their possession. They put some clay on the pot and they put their ring into the pot, which represent the seal saying that that is mine so when he said when I fill you with my spirit and I'm putting my seal upon you he's saying I have just proved with my resurrected body that my spirit has sealed you you are now my possession Oh, I'm thankful that my God did not just stay in the grave, but he rose again on the third day. But when he rose again, he said, I didn't just rise just so you could hear about it. I rose so I could fill you with my spirit so you can know that you've been filled with the resurrected Christ. I wish you would dance. I wish you'd clap because somebody's about to get sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You want to know if God resurrected? You're about to find out when you get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. My God, clap your hands. Clap your hands. I feel the witness of the Spirit. It's in this place. If you want the gift of the Holy Ghost, I want you to go ahead and stand up and lift your hands towards heaven. God is going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Hear me for a second. You can come. Hear me for a second. I'm telling you, I've been speaking it all week. I've been feeling it, God. I believe you're going to fill people with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you how crazy my faith has been this week. I've said, God, I believe you're going to fill 10 people with the Holy Ghost. I believe, God, that you're going to fill people with the spirit of promise. With the oh, I, I've been speaking it. We, they prayed last night, and Kevin Breckenridge texted me and said, Every empty vessel that wants to be filled there is oil in the building and if you're a vessel that's sick of being broken sick of being confused sick of having to be beat around and pushed around by fear now is the time for the holy spirit of promise to be sealed with the gift of the holy ghost you don't have to think oh does god love me oh does god care about me oh do- How many of you have been involved with religion your whole life? You've been involved your whole life and you've been so frustrated because you don't really know, is God there? Does God love me? The gift of the Holy Ghost is the witness of Jesus Christ proving that he rose again from the grave. If you want the gift of the Holy Ghost, we will pray for you. I don't care if if you need healing in your body. That witness of the Spirit is here and God will heal you. I don't even believe that someone has to pray for you. That's my faith. My faith is God will heal you right where you're at praying for somebody. I want us all to stand. God is ready to release the witness of the Holy Ghost. Oh, he's about to show you I resurrected I came up from the grave because I left you with my guarantee I left you with my down payment I left you with my spirit that tells you 
you've been filled if you want come on up to the front right now we're going to begin to pray and god is going to fill god is going to deliver god is going to heal don't be shy you come to the front you let somebody bring you up here with you and i'm telling you god will fill you with the gift of the holy ghost with the evidence to speak other tongues let's go ahead and lift our hands towards heaven if you are ready to receive the seal if you're ready to receive the holy ghost and you're sick and tired of being confused and being frustrated does God love me you're about to find out lift your hands towards heaven yeah come on you can feel his presence right now there's going to be an outpouring of the spirit in this place in a minute I feel the witness of the spirit in this place I feel the witness of the spirit in this place that's it come on come on down here God's about to do something sometimes we got to take a step of faith because that's us showing God that we believe what he's just spoken I feel, my God, I feel it in this place. If you want the Holy Ghost, I want you to tap your neighbor and say, I want what he's talking about. I feel my heart burning. I feel something in this atmosphere. Tap the person next to you and say, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. I want to be sealed with the spirit of promise. I want to be sealed. My God, I feel it so strong in this place. God is going to release his witness. If you will open your heart, you open your heart and God will fill you right now. Come on, let's pray all over the building. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority of the word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ, I command every empty vessel that is ready and open would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would fill every single person with the seal of promise. Come on, don't be shy. Let God fill you. Why would you hold back from the resurrected body saying, I want to give you a free gift. I want to give you a free gift. I want to give you a free gift. Come on, that's it, church. You might not be responding for yourself, church. I want you to respond for somebody else. God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost. Fill the sky. Chains will fall, mountains. Come on, church, respond to the Holy Ghost. Don't look around, respond to the Holy Ghost. The seal, the promise is here. The name above all other names. Speak the name. The name of the Holy Ghost. I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost. I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost. Come on, be filled in Jesus' name. Let God's resurrected body become alive. Let his spirit become alive in you. He's not on the cross anymore. He's not in the grave anymore. He's been resurrected. Come on, let's say be filled in Jesus. Hostages of shame. In Jesus' name. Let God fill you. Let God fill you. Let God fill you. The promise is here. Mercy raining down. Healing water flowing. As our lips make the sound. Come on, that's it. Raise it up. Fill the sky. Come on, church. Don't be spectators. Get your hands on somebody and pray. Get your hands on somebody and pray. God's trying to release the witness of the Spirit. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Don't be a spectator. The witness of the Spirit is here.
It's about people and spirits and being put in the body. It's about us getting people put in the body. The Spirit of the Lord is moving this place. The Spirit of the Lord is moving this place. Come on, there's another wave of the Holy Ghost that's about to come crashing down right now. There's another wave of the Spirit. That's it. That's it. Sing it, Emily. In the name of Jesus, release the authority of God. Release the authority of the name. That's it. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. And fear Strongholds about to be broken. Strongholds are about to be broken. That's it. In the name of Jesus. Right now, here's the second wave of the Holy Ghost. I am forgiven. Oh, 